climate change, poverty, mental health, young people and adults face a world of constant change. It's the connections we make, innovations and education that come together to help us make a difference. Welcome to the power of young people to change the world. In this program, we bring together leaders that share stories designed to inspire you to serve, learn, and change the world. Now, here's your host, Amy Muirs. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to The Power of Young People to Change the World. I'm your host, Amy Muirs, and I'm here every Thursday on Voice America Empowerment Radio, where we explore how young people are using their ideas, creativity, and passion to shape a better world, and how our educators are utilizing the power of service learning to redesign education. Today, we have a great show. I think I say that every week, but I always mean it. Um, Today, we're going to sit down with Isabella Sullivan. So, Bella is a student at Colby College. She's studying English, philosophy, and Italian, which I think is an amazing combination of of subjects to study. And she's a mentor to NYLC's Youth Advisory Council. So I think I first met Bella about three years ago when she joined NYLC's Youth Advisory Council. So this is a group of servant leaders who are recognized for their dedication to youth leadership, service learning, diversity, and educational achievement for all. So the YAC, as we fondly call them, um, they advise NYLC on our programs. Um, They bring youth voice into our work, and they truly um, partner with the staff at NYLC um, to really move our work forward. Youth voice is such an important topic, um, and it's a core value um, of NYLC, and then and one that really drives everything that we do. So, as an organization, you know we've been doing this work for nearly forty years, and we still see that need to train adults on how to partner with young people. I um, love our youth adult partnership trainings, and hopefully Bella will talk a little bit about that. Um, But what I find fascinating when we're training adults is that they tend to think about youth voice um, in a way that means that young people run everything, um, that they're making all the decisions, and that their role as the adult is just to check in and make sure you know, the room's unlocked and that everything is um, going well in whatever meeting or discussion that the young people are having. But what we know is that the best results come when youth and adults really partner together. So youth lead, but with adult support. It's about that equity in the relationship. Everyone is bringing something to the table, including the adults as well as the youth, And we all add value. And if we silence youth voice, we miss out on that creativity, energy, and passion. And those are exactly what we need to solve the issues that the world is facing. Um, You know, youth have always been at the front line of global change. um, But we know not all young people have the opportunity to share their voices and ideas. In fact, um, I was just uh, in a meeting with a partner organization earlier today and shared with them just a few weeks ago in late May here, just right at the end of May, in Bella's own home state of Tennessee, um, a bill was passed that restricts how public school teachers can talk about racism, sexism, and bias in their classroom, which tend to be at the root cause of many of the issues that young people are addressing. So think about that from a youth perspective um, and how debilitating that is to be able to tackle issues. Um, Our Youth Advisory Council is a perfect example. They tackle education equity. If they can't talk about racism within the schools and how that um, impacts um, equity for young people in education, how, how do we find solutions? So we're going to dig into uh, more about this in a few minutes. But first, I think we should introduce or I should introduce um, an, um, this amazing young woman who is a great mentor to a new generation of leaders. So welcome to the show, Miss Isabella Sullivan, who I fondly call Bella. Welcome. 
Thank you so much, Amy, for the very kind introduction. Um, as she said, I'm Bella. I'm from Clarksville, Tennessee. So I'm about an hour out from Nashville. Um, and I am a rising sophomore at Colby College. Uh, whenever I'm at school, I'm a writer for the Colby College Her Campus chapter, which is sort of like a female-led online publication. So I get to write about all kinds of super fun stuff. Um, and I'm also a QuestBridge student, so I'm on the Colby College QuestBridge board, sort of helping other low-income students adjust to college life. Um, as Amy said, I've been working with NYLC for several years now, um, and I love it more and more each day. I'm really, really excited to be a mentor for a new YAC cohort. I think that that just seems like so much fun, um, and I'm really, really excited to see how they grow and how they sort of improve their own voice and their own empowerment um, after like I get to know them a bit better and after they have more experience with NYLC. Awesome. Bella, could you share um, with everyone just so they everyone understands what's a QuestBridge? What, when you say you're a QuestBridge scholar, what does that mean? Yes. So QuestBridge is a nonprofit organization uh, focused towards diversifying top schools with low-income and minority students. Um, so it's basically just a really big scholarship and networking organization that sort of helps ease the transition into college life um, because there really aren't a whole lot of resources for low-income students once you get to school. Um, personally, since I'm at Colby College, which is a very wealthy school filled with a lot of students that are from the top 1%, um, the adjustment is definitely a bit shocking and it's a bit, um, it's definitely culture shock, I would say. And so QuestBridge sort of helps me ease into it and realize that I am not alone and I'm not the only low-income student on campus, even though it can definitely feel like that sometimes. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's an amazing resource that maybe some of our listeners will will uh, check out um, if they're thinking about college in their future, or even if they're not, you know, that might be something that inspires them. So thanks for sharing that. Um, I'm curious. Um, so although you and I've known each other um, a few years now, did you always have this passion for service that you um, demonstrate so beautifully um, now? At, in your, well, not now, but anyway, my question is, did you always have the passion for service? Um, I would definitely say so, because growing up, my mom sponsored a lot of service clubs because she works at a high school um, and she would always have me tag along for like park cleanups and painting days and food drives and things like that. And I just loved it. Like I would practically beg her to come along and clean up our local park. It's very strange for like a four-year-old to want to go clean up a park, but hey, I mean, it was fun for me. Um, and for a really long time, it was just community service because we didn't really know what service learning was yet. We hadn't really been introduced to the wonderful world of service learning. Um, but after sort of learning what service learning is and practicing it more often, that's something that I became really, really connected to and I like really valued. Um, so it's definitely something that came with age, but I feel like the passion for service itself has always been there, but the passion for service learning sort of came later on. Yep. Which service is a perfect on-ramp for service learning, right? So what were your service learning experiences like um, as a student in Clarksville? They are definitely a bit harder to find than regular community service projects, but whenever you do find it, it's amazing. Clarksville is a really diverse city, so there's practically a million different things to learn about through service, which I think kind of creates the perfect environment for service learning. We have a lot of veterans. We live in a food desert. Um, we just have like a whole lot going on that not enough people really pay attention to. And so by using service learning and learning about those things in schools, it makes it a lot easier to sort of grasp your head around it, I guess. And I have been very lucky to always be connected to adults that really believe in service learning and really believe in partnering with youth and 
sort of understanding what youth have to bring to the table. So I think that that has made my experiences so much better than um, if I hadn't been able to be in contact with such understanding adults. Well, that really leads, it's a perfect lead to my next question was, when did you first um, learn about youth voice and youth adult partnership and how did understanding that really um, affect you? Yeah, so I actually, funny story, learned about youth adult partnerships right before I joined the YAC because my mom was attending an NYLC professional development session and I kind of tagged along with her. Um, So I've had that idea in my mind for the past few years. You know, I've kind of been mulling it over. Um, And youth voice has always been something that I've been really focused on. I think even before I knew what it meant, um, I've always been the type to like run for class president and be in a ton of clubs and do all of this and do all of that. And so I think I was an advocate for youth voice before I really knew what it was. But after learning that there are adults that really want to create partnerships with youth and really want to listen to what youth have to say was life-changing because it gave me a sense of confidence um, and security knowing that it's much easier than I thought to find an adult that wants to listen and that wants to hear me speak my mind and wants to consider what I'm saying. So it's definitely given me a lot of confidence and a lot of uh, just security with my service learning journey. I love that you attended a professional development training um, with your mom. Do you know how old you were when that happened? Um, I think I was maybe like 14 or 15. <laughs> I was so pretty you truly, young. <laughs> yeah, you've truly grown up with service and service learning, um, a, 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 truly a part of your life. Um, obviously, with your mother's a teacher, so we should just say that. Um, so it's just, I find it just fascinating, the progression um, of what's occurred through through your growing up with a mother who's a teacher, um, with your engagement in your community. Um, I can, I mean, how wonderful to, you know, to be four years old and have the opportunity um, through your through your parents to go out and be part of a solution for your community, you know. Um, we believe in, in, in service, you know, not just service learning, we believe in service. So it's great to see um, that kind of come to life uh, for you with your family. We do have to take a brief break here, but then when we return, we're going to continue our conversation with Isabella Sullivan. So stay with us on the power of young people to change the world. Voice American Empowerment Radio will be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. What's the difference between leaders who achieve exceptional results with ease and those who struggle to keep up? Tune in for Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. You'll discover the simple practices that are making the biggest difference to a leader's success today. You'll meet leaders who are bringing out the best in their teams. You'll gain practical strategies to lead yourself and others to high performance with ease. Leading on Purpose airs live Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit NYLC.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm joined by an amazing young woman, Isabella Sullivan. So, Bella, before the break, we were talking about youth adult partnerships, and I'm hoping you can share why you're passionate about youth voice and youth adult partnerships and kind of what are the impacts that you've seen because of youth adult partnerships? Um, so, I think that I'm passionate about youth voice and youth adult partnerships because it's how things get done. I genuinely think that nothing will change the world more than actually believing in youth and empowering them to pursue their passions and to become an incredibly strong generation. Um, With my experiences with youth voice and youth adult partnerships, I, as I said earlier, I've gained a ton of confidence uh, knowing that my thoughts are valuable and not just valuable to my peers. Um, it really sort of does something to uh, to your heart and kind of to your ego whenever you have adults uh, genuinely agreeing with you and kind of letting you know that what you're saying has actual meaning. Um, and I also think that having youth voice be a part of the equation and creating those partnerships makes learning so much easier because you are 100% engaged when you're being involved in the conversation. You know, it's kind of hard to be engaged in a service project or, you know, something like that whenever you're constantly being told what to do and you're not being asked how you feel about it or how you think it could be better or what needs to change and this and this and that. Um, and it's kind of easy to just go on autopilot and just do what you're told. But whenever you're really being involved and you're really being valued, Uh, it's so much easier to be engaged and to really crank it out and have the best quality of service that you're able to give. Your answer is beautiful. And it reminds me so much of when we talk about leadership, um, when we're talking about motivating leader um, leaders who motivate um, staff or, or others that they're working with, um, it's the exact same thing, right? So it's about um, providing opportunities for shared decision making, for it, having really strong communication, for all of the things that you just talked about. That's like leadership 101 um, when you're when you're studying leadership or how to be a good leader as an adult leading other adults. So why we think that it doesn't translate to young people in the same way, um, it's just kind of uh, dumbfounding. (laughs) Um, So you've been a mentor and you've led, um, or you are a mentor, I should say, and you've led trainings for NYLC on this topic and and a few others. Um, How do young people respond when you introduce this topic? And what, what's their biggest takeaway? Um, uh, most of the time, young people are really just in awe of the fact that there are adults out there that are willing to listen to them. Um, honestly, not a lot of people have experience with that unless they're working with adults that are genuinely focused on creating strong youth adult partnerships. I think when the idea of partnerships isn't even there, um, it's kind of swept under the rug and students sort of are in like a do what you're told situation. Um, But sadly, I have had quite a few young people tell me that they don't have the experiences with youth adult partnerships. So sometimes they kind of don't believe that it's possible. Um, I always reassure them that your thoughts are not only valid, but they're valued when you find the right adult to partner with. And the biggest takeaway is that you can't be hesitant to share your thoughts because you don't know what adults are looking for. You don't know what you need to say in order to kind of be understood and to be taken seriously. And also sometimes neither parties, so neither adults nor children or youth, not children, um, realize that a partnership is what they need to succeed. It's what they need to really get the job done and to create lasting, meaningful service. Um, 
And so basically just you have to remind them that, you know, the perfect adult for your youth adult partnership is out there somewhere. You just have to find them. I appreciate that so much. Not every adult is um, ready for that um, move to youth adult partnership. So when you're working with adults, when you're training them, what kind of takeaways do you see from the adults in the youth adult partnership trainings? I feel like a lot of adults have to go through a process of unlearning, Um, especially educators. They're kind of like throughout college and throughout their um, student teaching and stuff like that, they're kind of told, okay, you're the figure of authority in the classroom. Like you're the one who's in charge. And I think that a lot of people have to come to terms with the fact that in a youth adult partnership, nobody's in charge. Everybody is sharing the responsibility and everybody is sharing their thoughts and their ideas and their needs and wants and everything like that. And so Kind of having to take that idea and flip it around is definitely tough, but it's so inspiring whenever I see adults realize like, hey, you know, it's not a bad idea to support young people and to let young people sort of take the stage every once in a while because they bring ideas to the table that adults don't even begin to think about. That is so very true. And there's opportunities, right? There's always opportunities to practice this, even in baby steps, um, whether it's in the classroom or an after-school program. Um, you know, we're not asking our educators to always jump in head first and, and, you know, but we are asking them to experience a little discomfort and take a risk. Um, can you um, talk about, I think you started down this path a little bit but, but what's an example of youth adult partnership in action? Like, what does that look like? Um, so I think uh, for me personally, I think the true youth adult partnerships look like a lot of youth voice and leadership with really strong support from adults. Um, like adults are sort of the voice of reason with service learning processes, they understand the finances. I'm 18 years old. Sometimes I still don't understand the finances whenever it comes to service projects. Um, they help like schedule things. They help work through the kinks. And they also give, an, a, give another point of view. But on the other hand, the students are sort of the creative leading force. They you know, know what they want. They know how to get it. Uh, sometimes they just need that extra boost. So if I want to do a clothing drive for veterans experiencing homelessness, I tell the adult my idea, and then the adult helps me sort of get all of the logistics right. They call, you know, okay, this truck can come pick up clothes on this day. Let's make sure we have all these clothes in by this day. And they help me make posters or do this and do that. And so it's really youth-led ideas with the sort of adult backbone. And I think it's important. um, That's a beautiful example. Um, And I think for adults, it's important to remember that um, within the process, the learning process, it's okay to fail. And so how we help young people through some of those failures is part of a great service learning experience because then you're ready Um, to tackle challenges when they come at you at different times. So um, it's not always like making sure things are successful. It's asking the right questions and being supportive. But also like if, if a student says, I want to do this and it doesn't work out the way they were hoping, how do you help them navigate and recover from that so that they can do it a different way next time that may have the outcome that they were looking for. Is that, is that fair of me to say, Bella? 100% yes. <laughs> so I think, um, you know, you've, again, you've touched on this as well, but I'd like to dig a little bit deeper on why it's important for students to be part of that decision-making process. Like you've said it a few times, but the why behind that, if, if you would. Um, I think that the main thing with service learning is always going to be engagement. And I feel like when youth are the ones that are helping make the decisions, they're 
not being voluntold to do things. They genuinely want to do it because it's something that came from their mind. It's something that they're genuinely passionate about. And so I, I really think that the engagement helps students learn and it helps them sort of experience meaningful service learning processes. Um, and also it makes it easier as young people grow up to know how to interact with adults and how to sort of have those professional conversations and Mm -hmm. to speak to adults in a way where they know they're going to be heard because that's not something that you learn in school. It's something you have to really practice. And so I think that by creating these partnerships uh, younger and younger, students and youth will be able to speak to adults in a way that they want to be spoken to without having to sort of water down their ideas and not say what they actually mean. I love that. What do you say to an educator who thinks that maybe their classroom wouldn't respond well to so much youth voice or choice or um, that it's going to just be too hard? What do you say to that educator? First, I let out a big sigh. Um, (laughs) And then I say, you never know until you try it and don't sell your students short. I genuinely believe that students are able to do a lot more than adults think they can, but these students just don't always have the resources to show off their skills. I have seen some of the quietest, shyest, most hermit students come out of their shell and shine once they're given a voice in the process and once they're able to really say, this is what I want, this is how we can do it, teacher, what do you think? You know, things like that. And also to touch on the critical race theory bill that you brought up earlier, Mm -hmm. I think that when educators don't give a chance for youth voice to be present, they're not going to be able to have actual conversations and there won't be actual learning coming from that. And if you're not listening to youth, if you're not listening to the people who you're educating, Nothing productive will come from that. It's basically just like talking to a brick wall. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. So we have to take another quick break. And then when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Bella Sullivan. So stay with me, Amy Muir's on the power of young people to change the world. We'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Things Worth Considering, featuring host Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis, is a program that's all about connections. The connections we make with our families, our workplaces, friends, and others around us. It's also about connections to ourself, spirit, feelings, and stories. Let us connect with you each week to explore who we are and what we can be moving forward. We can overcome the obstacles that stand in our way. Things Worth Considering airs live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. 
Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, I'm here with NYLC Youth Advisory Council mentor, Isabella Sullivan, and we're talking about youth voice and youth adult partnerships. Um, Bella, thanks again for being here today with me. Um, You know, we talked about the trainings that you've done, um, what kind of the outcomes for students, the outcomes for adults. What have you learned about yourself through the process of training others and working as a mentor? Um, I've definitely learned that you can't be an effective mentor or an effective trainer if you aren't constantly willing to be working on yourself and kind of finding your own faults and knowing how to improve them. Um, Personally, for my whole life, I've struggled a lot with time management. I either give myself way too much time or way too little time. But whenever you're setting an example for somebody else, you can't be making those flaws and just be okay with them. You know, you can't be stagnant in your, you know, self-growth. And so you have to constantly be willing to take that time to reflect on yourself and be like, okay, this is what I need to do to be a better person because I have X, Y, and Z looking up to me. I have X, Y, and Z learning from me. And so I need to be the best version of myself so that they know that they're getting reliable information, reliable mentorship, and they don't have to worry about where, um, where I'm coming from and if I'm somebody that they should trust. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. Um, and I'm curious, so um, you talk about, you just talk, touched on trust. And do you have any words of advice um, for those who are trying to establish trust with young people? I know that I'm saying it a million times, but the main way that you can get people to trust you is by genuinely listening to what they have to say. Mm-hmm. And being there for them when they aren't sure that their ideas are valuable. Um, Sort of like being that voice of reassurance and Mm -hmm. being the person who says, yes, I'm here for you. Let me know what you're thinking. You know, let's work through this together. Let's figure out how we can kind of improve this idea together. And instantly there will be um, trust between you. And I think that that's something that not a lot of people realize is that you can't just have automatic trust. You have to really gain it and you gain it by having those tough conversations and willing to be uncomfortable for the sake of somebody else's comfort. Very nice. Very well said. You know, I truly believe that youth adult partnership and youth voice are extremely important topics. Um, what does it feel like as a young person tackling um, such an important topic, you know, training adults and training young people? Um, have you ever like felt like, okay, this just like, this isn't going anywhere. I'm not making the difference that I want to make. Like what's, you know, what's that, what does that world look like for you? Um, I think that at the beginning it was very scary. I felt very underqualified and I was very worried that I wasn't making enough of a difference. Cause you know, sometimes it can be a little bit discouraging whenever you spend weeks planning for a professional development session and two people show up, you know? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I do know. (laughs) (laughs) And it's very scary when you're the youngest person in the room because you don't want to accidentally say the wrong thing and automatically lose your credibility. Um, But it is so fulfilling whenever you see these things just click for people. Whenever you see the light bulb go off and they're like, you know what, I'm going to try this out. That just, that makes it all worth it for me. Um, But whenever I was sort of going through that phase of like, man, I don't know if this is like going to go anywhere. Like, you know, I'm only talking to four people 
like what is what are these four people going to change about the world but i have to remind myself that i'm doing the best i can and that is enough and even if i'm changing the mind of one person they have an entire group of young people following them that are also having their minds changed and so it's a bit of like a domino effect um so it at the beginning it was definitely a little bit scary but as i've kind of gotten more confidence and I've experienced more youth adult partnerships and really seen how youth voice played out, plays out, it has made it so much easier. Um, and I, I just want to say that even as an adult, those same fears that you shared about saying the wrong thing or not being qualified enough, or we all, <laughs> I've walked into many a room and felt the exact same way. So um so I appreciate you verbalizing that. <laughs> um, what's kind of been the most challenging part of educating others about youth voice? Um, anything surprised you about it? Um, I think the most challenging and the most frustrating part um, about sort of educating people about these topics is that some people just don't want to hear it. And it's so very sad to see people that are so set in their ways that they won't even lend an ear and they're just hopping on the call because they have to. And I kind of think of it as performative empowerment. Um, like you're sitting there acting like you care about youth voice and youth engagement and you want the next generation to be stronger than the last, but you aren't listening to them when you really need to. Like you're getting all of your information from an outside source and that's never reliable. Um, so it always surprises me when people just automatically write it off and just aren't willing to come around. And it's really, really sad. But, you know, for every one person that doesn't want to hear it, there are hundreds of people that do. So it's always a little bit surprising when they pop up. But I know that there are enough people to offset it that, you know, it matters, but it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's hard when, when you're conducting a training or, you know, working with a group of adults, especially that um, it's like, why are you here? <laughs> if you're, if you're not open to at least exploring this topic. Um, but it is fun when those light bulbs, when you see those kind of ping on and you're like, okay, it, even if they just take away a little bit, and again, those baby steps and start to move their, their way up the ladder. Um, and as I say that, I realize maybe, um, Bella, if I put you on the spot a little bit, can you share a little bit about what, a, what Heart's Ladder means um, for um, an NYLC training? Of course. So Heart's Ladder is, it's like a framework for finding the different levels of youth adult partnerships. So at the lowest ladder or the lowest rung, I think is the word, um, rung one is, you know, adults telling youth, okay, this is what you need to do. Don't ask me anything about it. Don't try to challenge it. This is what we're doing. So that's like a teacher being like, okay, we're having a canned food drive. The kids don't know what the money's going to. They don't know what they're supposed to be getting out of this canned food drive. They just know that they have to bring cans into school. And then you progressively get better and better. You know, most people want to strive for six, seven, eight, which is a pretty equal sharing of power. I think seven is the most equal. Um, it's like 50% youth, 50% adults. And then the eighth rung is youth led with not enough support from adults. Um, you know, the youth are kind of doing everything. They're, you know, putting all of the pieces together and the adults are kind of just, like you said earlier, making sure the classroom is unlocked. Yep. <laughs> um, so there's definitely a sweet spot, but NYLC has a ton of sessions on Heart's Ladder. So definitely check it out if you're interested. Great. Thanks for sharing that. I think it's important to know that, um, you know, the work that um, that you've been doing um, in partnership with NYLC, you and some of um, your fellow Youth Advisory Council mentors and former um, YAC members, um, that it's based on a researched framework and that, you know, we're not just making this stuff up. <laughs> um, 
I'm going to ask, so what's your favorite part about this work? Um, I mean, obviously, I love being able to do things that I'm passionate about. I've always been very passionate about education equity and youth empowerment and like making sure that youth are heard. I've, I've always felt like adults don't, they're not always willing to kind of sit there and listen to the kids at the table. And that's always kind of just rubbed me the wrong way. I think my parents might've raised me to be a bit too much of a firecracker in that sense. Um, But also it's been really fun just getting to meet new people that have the same ideas as me and to get to learn things from them that I wouldn't otherwise think about. I think the most beautiful part about youth adult partnerships is getting points of views from two completely different age groups. You know, somebody who's 50 is not going to think the same way as somebody who's 16. And I always just love, I love whenever I'm going through a service learning process and the adult is telling me things that I would have never in a million years thought about. And I think that that makes the hard parts of the work worth it so much more is like getting to learn things and getting to meet people who are interested in the same things as you, but their minds just work like incredibly differently than yours. I love that. And I don't think that your parents raised you. Um, I think that you're the perfect firecracker. So <laughs> I think that it's a very, they did a great job. Um, and it remind um, what you're saying reminds me, um, you know, that young people, it's not just having a seat at the table, it's having a voice at the table. And I think um, a lot of times I hear adults say all the time, oh, we, you know, we need to invite youth to the table. They need a seat at the table. Well, anybody can sit at the table, but if you're not engaging them, if you're not providing those opportunities for voice at the table, if you're cutting them off when they're talking, you're not listening, then, then why bother giving them a seat, right? Like it, it, it's, uh, um, it just, it's so disingenuous, you know, to, to have a seat at the table, but not have a voice. So I really appreciate um, and agree with all of your favorite parts. Um, those are mine as well. Just kind of on the flip side, I love hearing the ideas and sparks of young people themselves, since I'm in that other bracket that you talked about. (laughs) So we do, um, I'm sorry to say we have to take one last short break, but then when we come back, we're going to wrap up our conversation with Bella. So stay with me, Amy Muir's on the power of young people to change the world. And remember, you can follow the show on social media at NYLCORG or find us at NYLC.org. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are 
listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Um, In our final few minutes together, I really want to focus on looking forward. So as you think about the future, Bella, what are your plans? Where are you headed? So I want to obviously finish up college. Um, After that, I'm not sure where I want to go education-wise, you know, grad school or anything like that. But professionally, I do want to stay in the nonprofit world. Um, And I also really love journalism and writing and just, you know, multimedia things. So I'm hoping that, you know, someday I'll fulfill my dream of being a nonprofit journalist. We'll see how that goes. But that's, that's been the dream for a while. And so I that's wonderful. Um, nonprofit journalism would be amazing. We need people who can tell our stories and bring that I think that it'll come to fruition to soon. Awesome. Um, so hopefully, um, as, we, as we're looking, at, um, I'm just kind of watching the clock a little bit too, but what advice do you have for young people um, who are hoping to make a difference in their communities? Um, the main thing is just to go for it. You know, uh, there's always going to be somebody there to support you and somebody there to uh, have your back. It might take some research, you know, you might have to go around and ask a whole bunch of adults what they're doing, but you will find them and there's no reason not to take the leap. That's awesome. And um, I was thinking about on the flip side, because you've worked with both young people as a mentor and you've, you've been um, a trainer for educators, both teachers and after school folks, um, what advice do you have for the teachers who are thinking about, like, maybe they're inspired by, by what you've said today and want to bring this into their classroom or into their program? What advice do you have for them? Um, I would just say that it is the absolute best decision that you can make for the well-being of your students or the youth that you're interacting with. And I think that Young people will grow so much just from being given the chance to be heard and the chance to know that there are older people out there who are really looking out for them. And so, like I said, for youth, there's no reason not to just take the leap into the world of youth adult partnerships. And then I love to just open it up. Any final reflections um, that you have for us, Bella? Um, Well, first, I want to thank you so much for having me on. Um, But just to everyone out there, there are absolutely no downfalls to empowering youth and creating youth adult partnerships. Nothing negative will come out of that. It's only positives. So there's nothing to lose. So go ahead, create some youth adult partnerships in your life and let us know how it turns out. Very beautifully said. Um, I just, I just want to thank you um, for being on the show today, um, for all of your work with NYLC, um, and also a huge shout out to your to your family um, for really um, raising you to be an engaged um, young person. Right from volunteering at four years old to. Um, a mom who's willing to take you to professional development with her at 14. Um, You know, everything that you're doing is truly inspiring and is changing the world. And so um, I'm so excited to see where you head in the future. And I truly hope that um, that nonprofit journalism is um, something that um, embraces you. And um, we, we truly do need remarkable people like you to help tell our stories. So um, thank you for being with me today. Um, I do want to share, if you want to learn more about NYLC's Youth Advisory Council, you can visit us at nylc.org or send an email to info, that's I-N-F-O at nylc.org. We'll be accepting additional applications this fall for new members. So it's a great opportunity to really... um, 
be supported in the change you want to make in the world. Um, on last week's show, um, we met this phenomenal young woman, uh, Roshna Shah, who founded the organization Youthquake, um, which is dedicated to helping young people solve community issues by creating and implementing cross-partisan policy plans. And I was reflecting and thinking our conversation today just really underscores how important it is that we find ways to work together, right, across age, gender, race, and political parties so that we can actually make the world a better place. So um, if you didn't hear that show, I encourage you to check it out on the podcast. Um, you can download it on the Voice America show page for The Power of Young People to Change the World. Or, of course, you can find it on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, any of those places that you get your podcasts from. I think you'll really be inspired by Rajna's work because I definitely know I was. And again, it just ties so beautifully with um, with the words that Bella shared with us around and the work of youth adult partnerships. Um, I also just want to say if you're an innovative young person and you're changing the world or you're that adult who's passionate about engaging young people as change makers, contact me at info, info at nylc.org and we just might invite you to be on the show. Next week, we're going to be, it's going to be a jam-packed show, I have to tell you. Um, I'm going to be joined by Vince Meldrum. He's the president and CEO of EarthForce which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to engaging young people as solutions to environmental issues. And joining Vince will be Alexandria City Public School students, Bridget Barron, Ben Del Negro, and Veronica Holguin, um, who led an effort to improve indoor air quality in the state of Virginia. And thanks to their efforts, Virginia amended a state law to cover mold in schools. So, in fact, um, it turns out the bill that they're championing will go into effect um, in a couple of weeks. So we get to hear all about the work that they're doing um, on environmental issues. So I'm really excited um, to have them on the show next week. So mark your calendars for Thursdays at 6 o'clock Eastern. And please join us as we serve, learn, change the world. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Power of Young People to Change the World. Your host, Amy Muirs, will return for another program next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll serve, learn, change the world. 